Welcome to the Weekly Faith Dialogue with Bishop Robert J. Brennan, Bishop for the Diocese of Columbus for the 25th week of Ordinary Time. Your Excellency, it's exciting to join you on the inaugural Diocese of Columbus video and production of your Weekly Faith Dialogue right here at the Diocese. Thank you. It's actually good to see you. Usually when we record, I'm at a Comrex station in my office. You're at the station. It's nice to be able to see you and then recognizing that everybody can see us as well. So this is, uh, this is a new moment, part of our ongoing work in evangelization, using the tools that are ava- uh, available to us to live out and proclaim the gospel. And in line with that, uh, you're building a new studio here at the diocese. We are, and that's an exciting thing. That'll be able to be used for a number of things, things like our recordings, but also uh, some of our social media work, some of our video work. Um, I think this is a very exciting moment. I particularly love the name of the new studio. I know it's being built now, so it'll still uh, be in, in progress the next several months, but... The name? The name, we were calling it after Our Lady, Star of the New Evangelization. And it's really capturing, well, first of all, I think there's a little bit of a nod to Pope St. John Paul II, who speaks of Mary, the Star of the New Evangelization. But it also speaks to our broader efforts at, um, at, at living and witnessing to the gospel of Jesus Christ, living and witnessing to the joy of the gospel and the splendor of truth. It's beautiful. Uh, speaking of beautiful, we had a, a saint, a uh, new saint, uh, St. Margaret of Costello, who was uh, um, canonized on Sunday. She was canonized on Sunday, and it's a, it's a big moment, actually. She was a Dominican sister, so this is a big Dominican celebration. Interestingly, the canonization took place in Castello, where um, Margaret was first uh, left abandoned by her parents, but also where she became an instrument of hope to so many people. Um, Margaret has a lot of, uh, of, of influence, you might say. She's really impacted the world in many ways. But we feel a special connection here. There's a special significance thanks to the Dominican friars. Right down the street at the Church of St. Patrick's, there has been for a long time the shrine of St. Margaret of Castello. And this shrine contains her relic, but it also has the story of her life on the wall. And um, every week on Wednesday, I think it is, um, at their noontime mass, uh, there's there are the devotions. And the devotions to St. Margaret. So they've been praying for her canonization. Now they ask her intercession because she is a saint, um, and we're thrilled about that. We're really, really thrilled. As a matter of fact, Father Stephen Alcott and a group of parishioners from St. Patrick's were there in Castello for the canonization, a special pilgrimage. It's easy to have a devotion to St. Margaret, of course, uh, Costello, because she was... um normal and had many limitations like most of us yes actually i think in her case her limitations were particularly severe um part of it a stunted growth that kept her very very small in stature but also had her sort of bent over in shape um she was blind she uh suffered all kinds of ailments um and today that would be tough but imagine what it must have been like in the turn from the 13th to the 14th century. That had to be 
brutal. Add to that her absolute rejection by her own family, her parents. Um, they were both of noble birth and considered themselves very important and saw Margaret's birth as a, a mark against them, as uh, a, a form of humiliation, and they kept her hidden away. Um, and they kept her hidden away. And, and it's interesting there's a great book about her father Alcott gave me called The Life of Blessed Margaret of Castello. But through it all, she always remained positive. She loved her parents. She loved everyone. She did get religious education, um, and so that was provided for her. So she came to know and love God very much, very, very much. Um, and it seemed that the more she suffered – Closest she came to God, because in, in fact, her greatest upsetment was, "I'm not worthy to bear the sufferings of Jesus." But she could have felt sorry for herself, couldn't she? She really could have felt sorry for herself. But instead, she used her situation to bring hope to others. She was always raptured in prayer to God, but at the same time reaching out, trying to show love and support to um, for people, for God's people, for those who felt that sense of suffering. You know, St. Margaret of Costello, to me, is a good message for our time because psychology tells us that if our parents have harmed us in any way, and of course that happens from time to time, sometimes in very deep and real ways, and ways that do last a lifetime, we can still overcome that through Jesus. Absolutely, absolutely. Jesus meets us exactly where we are, and he knows all the wounds, he knows all the burdens, and he wants to bring us his healing love, and he wants, he invites us to walk with him. And, and it's, it's an interesting thing. He invites us to walk with him because he's already chosen to walk with us. And, and that's actually pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, and that gets to the heart of human dignity. Margaret teaches us a word about human dignity as well. Um, human dignity is not found in being born of noble birth. Human dignity is not something bestowed by any government or any agency. Human dignity is part of our creation, literally our DNA, right? Quite literally. It's part of our very creation in the image and likeness of God. From Sunday's reading, uh, Jesus had to sit his disciples down because his disciples, uh, from the inside, it says, um, were seeking to be first and being first in the wrong kind of ways. Exactly. Um, I feel sorry for the disciples in this section. We're at a very important section in the Gospel of of St. Mark beginning with the end part of chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10. Very important to me personally. But it's a point where you see good people, like in this case the 12, good people really having that heart to follow Jesus, that that deep desire to follow Jesus, and really trying, but faltering, struggling with it, really struggling with it. Um, And so all of those things were part of it you know that's i can imagine if they were arguing about who was greatest i don't think they meant it 
necessarily in an evil way. The irony is Jesus is talking about suffering and dying. The Son of Man must suffer and die. And they're talking about who's the greatest. And, it's, and, and you, might, yeah, you might laugh and say, wow, how cold-hearted. But maybe part of it was, you know, who's going to stand by him and who's going to endure most? Um, you know, they're... they're, they're they they strive to be important in Jesus's eyes. They they it's like they're it's like they're they're aiming for for special attention. Um, I do get a kick at it. There was a great line in that in last Sunday's gospel. Jesus talks about suffering and dying. Okay, he says that the day it will come, the Son of Man will have to uh, suffer and die. It's been three days, rise from the dead, and and it said. Nobody said a word. They they could, didn't understand what he was saying, and they were afraid to ask any questions. Well, I think to myself, well, of course they were. Last week we heard the first prediction of the Passion, and Peter said, don't do it, Jesus, and Jesus called him Satan. Of course they had no questions. They didn't want to go there at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? they, they So they're, they're struggling to know what that means. And then Jesus said to Peter at that time, not only is the Son of Man going to have to suffer, but so are you. Take up your cross and follow after me. And that means following where he leads you, not where you choose to go. Um, sometimes that's hard. And and yet, as hard as it might be, Jesus is leading the way. As hard as it is, Jesus is leading the way. The way he's he's showing us how to do it. The, it, it I, I used an example. I was at um, OSU this week at the Newman Center Sunday night, and I said, thinking of some of them are in like uh, the sciences and health related. I said kind of like physical rehab. It's called spiritual rehab. After something, the goal of physical um, rehab is to get up and walk. When you had you know, like your knees or your hips, okay. What's the method? They make you get up and walk. <laughs> Actually, you just went through that in your family, right? Your, yeah, your wife yeah. recently had surgery. The, the, the method and the goal are kind of, it's a circular thing. And that's what Jesus is asking his disciples. And not only the 12, but all those who are walking with him and those coming up will read about the rich young man. He's asking them, he's saying, I'm going to give you a high calling. But I, the way to do it is walk with me now. Let me teach you. Let me influence you. Just keep up with me, you'll see. So the goal is to be able to, sanctity is to be able to walk with Jesus. How do we get there? By walking with Jesus. And you've been very clear. We, in our current day, are disciples. It's not just the apostles, but we are all disciples. That's right. And that we need to also serve first. Indeed. And... And let me say, and be served by Jesus. We we need um, we need to let Jesus prod us along. We need to surrender totally before Him and say, "Lord, I'm helpless without you. So please let me lead me, guide me, help me, strengthen me, uh, show me, teach me to walk, and um, and teach me how." to accept where you're calling me. And then, as you say, become disciples, become disciples. You know, We're recording this on the Feast of St. Matthew, one of the 12, right? And 
I love the calling of St. Matthew. Where was he? He was sitting at his tax collector post, and Jesus looked him in the eye and said, follow me. So first of all, Jesus sees something in Matthew that even Matthew can't see in himself. Isn't that so true with all of us? Right? Matthew's in, he's trapped. He's kind of closed in by, by the money, by the situation, by the Roman Empire. He was a Jew who sold out to the Romans. So he, he, he didn't have anybody who liked him. And so he was living in this prison of his own making, now lost all control. And Jesus says, you, come follow me. He sees something in Matthew that Matthew can't even see in himself. And he, that you're right. He sees that in all of us. But then, see what happens? Matthew gets right to work, doesn't he? Because then we hear that Matthew brings him home, and Jesus is sitting at the table with tax collectors and sinners. Matthew, who received the gaze of the Lord, brings other sinners to find freedom in Jesus. It's right to it that very night for supper. He brings others who are struggling to see Jesus and let Jesus see in them what God created them to be and let Jesus help them to be able to see that in themselves. Matthew loses no time whatsoever. Bishop Brennan, could you close us with a prayer and a blessing? Indeed. In fact... Maybe I'll do something a little different, and let's use sacred scripture for our prayer, and I'd like to read from today's gospel. And yes, I am using modern technology <laughs> as, we, <laughs> as we sit in our studio. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. As Jesus passed by, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his customs post. He said to him, follow me. And he got up and followed him. While he was at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat with Jesus and his disciples. The Pharisee saw this and said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? He heard this and said, Those who are well do not need a physician, but the sick do. Go and learn the meaning of the words, I desire mercy not sacrifice. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. May Almighty God bless you this day. May he speak his word to you, shine his mercy upon you, and help you to bring his mercy to a world that so desperately needs it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And thank you for joining Bishop Brennan for his weekly Faith Dialogue. You can listen to uh, Bishop Brennan's Faith Dialogue on St. Gabriel Radio or on the St. Gabriel Radio app. And now you can view it uh, online on YouTube through the Columbus Diocese. Uh, now we rejoin our regularly scheduled programming already in progress. <laughs>